Welcome to The Gone Show, the show where my guests and I explore anything and anyone that is now gone or might as well be. On tonight's episode, we'll be doing what we should have done during our last episode, talking about pin setters. And now, joining the world and beyond from The Gone Show studio in the American Midwest, the host of The Gone Show. Bannon Backus. Good evening. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Gone Show. Here with me in the studio is Jay Stewart, who is a brain in a jar. Hello. Also with us is John Mad Jack Mitten, who passed away in the United Kingdom in 1834 and now manifests himself as an oversized mouth and mustache. And what a pleasure it is to be here tonight. I absolutely cannot wait to hear about the taste of your humble pie. You couldn't even wait until I finished introducing everyone, could you? Do my apologies. I simply don't want your humble pie to get cooked. It's always best when still warm. You're too kind. And Orson Escanaba, who is a yeti, is also with us tonight. To what is the one who floats referring? I demand to know. John is referring to the apology that I am about to make. Uh, During the recording of our previous episode, I overindulged in port wine and, as a result, behaved very unprofessionally. To my listeners, as well as to my guests that night, Jay and Conroy, I apologize. Aren't you forgetting someone? Uh, no. I think you're forgetting someone. Uh, I'm not. You see, that night I was not a listener, but I was a guest, and you failed to name me just a moment ago, along with Jay and Conroy. Mm, nope. Everything checks out. I also would like to apologize. I am very, very sorry for anything I did or said that was untoward. My behavior that night was inexcusable. Excuse me, Jay, but you wouldn't know inexcusable behavior if it started licking the outside of your jaw. The next time that you debaucherously drink during the show, I insist upon being a guest. I will bring a jug of Guggy. And let me guess, Guggy is a type of alcohol that Yetis drink. Yes, made from the fermented blood of snow leopards and rhododendron. That sounds as though it would put hair on your chest. Have you seen his chest? All right, let's get to our topic, pin setters. Of course, pin setters is a bowling term, and it originally referred to those people who would manually set the pins at the end of a bowling lane and return bowling balls to players. Originally, another term for a pin setter was pin boy. Your use of unfamiliar terms is beginning to irritate me. What is bowling? Right. Sorry. So, as we're discussing it, bowling is a sport where a player rolls a ball to knock over pins. Didn't you say that this was a sport? It is. Then what of the bloodshed? There is no bloodshed in bowling. Unless you're bowling with someone who's really, really bad. A sport without bloodshed? Ridiculous. 
idiotic. There may not be any bloodshed, but having a turkey is sure to get the blood pumping. Yeah, so at some point during the game, you must kill a bird without spilling a drop of blood. No, a turkey occurs when you make three strikes in a row. And what do players use to make these strikes? They're balls. It seems as though up until now, I have been misled by human humility. What you're saying is that this game tests a man's ability to endure great pain. You mean testes that ability? John, no. Look, we're going to take a short break and bring Mr. Escanaba up to speed on the sport of bowling. We'll be right back. Oh, no. I'm running late for work again. I guess that means grabbing another one of those apples for lunch. Whoa. Stop right there, Buster. Put that fruit down and reach for what your body truly craves come lunchtime. Reach for a genuine Auntie Botulus pickled egg. Hello, this is Auntie Botulus, and I come from the old country. But before I left to come to America, I made sure to bring my grandmother's recipe for her famous brine. When my grandmother, God rest her soul, was still alive, people from all over the village would come to her house. They would sit around her heavy wooden kitchen table which not an hour earlier would have been covered in deep puddles of animal blood, and they would sit there and enjoy jar after jar of her legendary pickled eggs. I invite you to enjoy that same old-world experience today. Of course, I may not be able to serve you my family tradition around a very porous kitchen table, but my single serve Pickled egg snack packs give you the freedom to enjoy my pickled eggs wherever you may be. Remember, variety is the spice of life, and I use an awful lot of spices to cure my pickled eggs. So, the next time you reach for something to eat, go from boring to brine with genuine Auntie Botula's pickled eggs. How many times has this happened to you? You're using your smartphone when, all of a sudden, you receive notification of your battery running low on power. But that notification fails to tell you just how your smartphone's current level of battery power corresponds to cylindrical batteries. What do you do? Estimate how the current charge of your smartphone compares to the power offered by replaceable batteries by guessing? Like an animal? Determine how your smartphone's current level of battery power compares to cylindrical batteries by researching the issue and using mathematics like an animal? No, of course not, because you're not an animal. You're a human being with opposable thumbs and a soul. And that's why you need the Battery Buddies app for Android and iPhone. The Battery Buddies app works in unison with your smartphone's notifications to automatically inform you of how many cylindrical batteries it would take to power your phone at its current level. The Battery Buddies app also allows you to make comparisons between a variety of cylindrical battery sizes, like AA, AAA, and even D-sized cylindrical batteries. 
Don't leave yourself drained by wondering just how the available power of your smartphone's battery translates to cylindrical batteries. Purchase the Battery Buddies app from the App Store and Google Play today. Battery Buddies, another brilliant app designed by Stupid Dolphin Technologies. Stupid Dolphin Technologies, designing better stuff for humans because we're better than animals. Welcome back to The Gone Show. Welcome back to The Gone Show. I'm joined by Jay Stewart, John Mitten, and Orson Escanaba. And on tonight's episode, we're discussing pin setters. And for the benefit of listeners, might I add that during the break, Mr. Eskinoba's education as it relates to bowling was very sexually charged. Yes. John, nobody cares to know that. Suffice it to say, some things were initially lost in translation, but now we're all on the same page. And suffice it to say, I'll never look at gutter balls the same way again. You and me both. When I return home, know that I intend to take the dried husk of a local grain and attempt to knock it over with my... Jay, for the love of God, please provide me with a prompt that's related to tonight's topic. Uh, Well, uh, I've never seen one in person, but being a pin boy must have been hard work. Thank you. Yes, And as a matter of fact, you're right. Yes, but was it harder than trying to knock down the dried husk of a plant with your John? I doubt it, but I will hear him out. I appreciate it. So, according to my research, around 1900, bowling started to become popular across America, and thanks in part to relaxed child labor laws, most pin setters were boys under the age of 10. Under the age of 10? Yeah, based upon what I read, a pin boy would earn about $1 per day, and he would usually work until after midnight. And to add injury to insult, pin boys were expected to remain next to the pins that they tended, so they were often covered in bruises from being repeatedly hit by those pins that would fly at them after being struck by bowling balls. Now, that's a hard way to make a buck. It almost makes me think critically about what was my own life of leisure, and I almost believe that. Uh, Now, I do believe that children are capable of much more work and responsibility than they're given nowadays, but what you're describing sounds like a bit much. Right, I agree. And in the 1930s, pinboys were able to look for other work with the invention of a mechanical pin setter and an increased focus on child labor. That does much to explain the delicate constitution of your species. I assume that your young are held to a high physical standard, Mr. Askinaba. They're lethal at eight months. And I do mean lethal. Like a velociraptor. What? Nothing. All right. Well, before we go, does anyone have any final thoughts on pinboys? No, but I have a request for Mr. Eskinoba. 
What? The next time you join us, will you let us know whether you were able to knock over a bit of dried husk with your tallywhacker? Yes. Damn it, John. What? Listeners, I apologize having to leave you with that image, but we're out of time. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, good evening and good gone. Why are you looking at me like that? The Gone Show was produced, created, performed, and written by Bannon Backus. The Gone Show is a presentation of BoomTube, B-O-O-M-T-O-O-B. All rights are reserved. Visit BoomTube online at BoomTube.com and Facebook.com slash BoomTube Network.